Welcome to the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs, the only podcast that provides actionable insights into the healthcare industry. Brought to you by Emeta, the leading communication platform for your healthcare business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Anmol Obroy, and I'm the co-founder of Emeta which is a text message, engagement, and interaction platform for healthcare practices. Today, we have with us a very exciting guest who has tons of experience when it comes to search marketing and probably is one of the best person if you want to rank on the first page of Google. We have with us Patrick Canole, and he's the director of organic marketing at Uzzle Media, a leading search, <coughs> search engine marketing agency for healthcare businesses. Patrick is an expert when it comes to search marketing and has had many stories and instances of how he has had, how he has increased the ranking for his clients at Uzzle Media. Thanks a lot, Patrick, for being on the podcast. I'm really excited to record this one. Hey, yeah, I'm really excited to be on with you too and uh, I hope that we can have a good, good discussion and help, uh, help out the people in the, in, the, in the healthcare industry for sure. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure that the audience is going to learn a lot from you. Um, given your experience and, and the kind of work that you've done with healthcare companies, dental practices, um, so on and so forth. Um, so before we jump into the specifics and, and, you know, try and understand the kind of work that you've done, maybe Patrick, you want to quickly introduce yourself and, you know, your current organization and, and what you do essentially. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in the digital marketing game ever since I graduated college along, <laughs> what feels like a long time ago, especially with the, good old pandemic uh, happening, but um, I've been doing digital marketing for uh, over six years now um, and have been specifically working with dentists for, for uh, five years of that and then others in the healthcare industry kind of adjacent to that too um, for, for quite some time. Um, I grew up, grew into an SEO role uh, specifically. That was my first interest, first love, and that's since kind of expanded into um, social media and paid ads a little bit, you know, I know enough to talk, talk. I know, I know how to be there. I know how it all inter- interplays, um, because marketing is such a, it's a, such an interconnected world, um, especially on digital. You can't do one thing on one platform and not expect it to affect, uh, how you're, how, how others, um, are working. Um, and so I, um, have been working with, like I said, like with, uh, dentists and, and others, um, for quite some time. Um, my organization that I'm with is called Oozle Media. Um, like you mentioned, uh, we have been an established marketing agency for uh, quite some time, um, since 2007, and um, have been working a lot with um, dentists. One of our very first clients was a dentist here locally, um, and they, we've been able to help them grow um, on their journey. And um, we've really enjoyed working in this space because there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of nuances especially with um, dentists and how they operate and you you got to find a good marketing agency that understands right. some of the, the specifics there um, and just being able to deal with other um, issues that come up with healthcare so we've got kind of a full-fledged digital market agency you name it we do it kind of on the digital side of things got it <laughs> got it great uh, no, thanks a lot for that introduction and for letting us know the kind of work that you do. Uh, of course, we would love to dive, and in a moment, we will talk about uh, very, very specific things, uh, the kind of things that you do for healthcare practices. Uh, would, you know, just curious to understand that, you know, you started your career in marketing six years back. Um, you know, how did you end up uh, focusing on dental 
and on SEO and, and organic, right? I mean, how did that happen? Was this was this something you always knew, or you know, was this something that just happened by chance and things kept moving forward? Yeah, I, I definitely. It wasn't something that I always wanted to be. I, I uh, I'm a big sports guy, um, so I was I was studying broadcast journalism because I wanted to be um, in sports, um, and then realized that I'm not pretty enough for that, that. So you know, grateful that we're doing a podcast. Most people will be listening to me over the instead of looking at me. But um, I you know, it's a really competitive space, the the sports broadcasting world. Um, so I had a class that was a called Research Methods of Journalism um, with. Dr. Robert Walls at BYU, and um, he he said, "Look, if you're going into journalism and it's not exactly what you want, digital marketing is where you need to be." And I said, "Okay, what's that?" And we had a discussion. You know, went through the class and started. Loved it. Thought it was awesome. Um, took an internship, um, and you know, just kind of got a broad scope of digital marketing and had thought that SEO was the kind of the best fit for me. Um, then coming out of college, I needed a job. <laughs> um, and so I was applying frantically everywhere and just wanted to get into the digital marketing world specifically. Um, happened into Uzo Media, and they were already kind of in the dental um, space. And so um, I was able to get in there and, and learn and, and, and really push on that knowledge area there and learn from some of our, our best people who are, you know, have either moved up in the company or moved on or whatever it is now. Um, but, um, that's kind of how I got into marketing and then dentistry just kind of came along the way as something that was like, that was the type of clients that we had done. And, um, I just happened to happen to be in with a lot of them. And so, um, I got a lot of really great experience with them. The first client I had on my own was a dentist. Um, and so it's just something that, that has, has always been part of my journey. It's been the dental world. Got it. Got it. No, interesting. And curious to learn. Curious to learn what sport are you a big fan of? Uh, so I am. I play ultimate frisbee, and so okay. it's not frisbee golf, um, where you where you're throwing at targets, but it's more like soccer, football together. Ultimate frisbee. I actually coach um, at BYU um, on the beat on the for the B team, the development team, um, and I practice and play with a nationals level um, club ultimate team called the Killjoys. It's really a lot of fun. My brothers all play. My families play. Um, but I also love baseball and um, uh, football and soccer and just kind of the whole gambit. I'm I'm pretty involved with it and I love it. Now, if you want, if you ever have a time that you want to play sports, I mean, let's go. I, I've, I'm hosting the right person. I'm, I'm a big sports fan myself, and uh, I'm sure that the audience is going to be able to connect the dots, uh, you know, backwards when they read about when they read your description and and what you do when we talk more yep. about great. All right, so uh, no, that's that's great, and uh, you know, uh, I, I'm I'm glad that you know you were able to find a digital marketing job. You started liking what you wanted to do, and and now of course with that you're able to impact so many dental practices and helping them grow. Right? Um, uh, I know we're going back to basics, uh, but since you started six years back, could you tell us, you know, for the audience itself, what's the difference between SEO and SEM? What if if there is someone in the audience who's, you know, probably uh, waiting for the right time to come to understand search marketing, could you tell them what's the difference between SEO and SEM? Yeah, and this is a question that I that I actually answer fairly frequently because sure. I'm also part of my role here at Google is training some of the new people um, at at in the company. So the primary difference between them, SEO, uh, search engine optimization, um, focus exclusively on organic, non-paid efforts 
to help your website uh, do better on search engine results pages or also known as a SERP. Um, so anything with, you know, 99% of it is Google. Let's be real. Like it's not, you know, we can talk about Bing. We can talk about uh, Yahoo. We can talk about Baidu or, you know, or DuckDuckGo or whatever, but 99% of what you're going to be doing is, is Google and it's pretty applicable across all search engines. Right. SEM or search engine marketing often refers to the mix. Um, it, it, sometimes people have different, um, sometimes have different ideas about both of them. A lot of times SEM can refer to the mix of both of SEO and paid advertising, um, Google ads, pay-per-click, um, or it can refer to specifically just Google ads and paid advertising. There. Um, I personally like, think it's, it's more applicable SEM search engine marketing to apply it to both where you have the mixture of search engine optimization, paid advertising, how that blend works together um, because again like I said kind of in my intro is I firmly believe that you can't do one thing in, in on digital that doesn't necessarily affect some of the other places whether or not it's a big effect or a small effect but there is it's it's it's, it's whole environment digital marketing is absolutely absolutely no I think that's that uh, you explained it very well uh, I'm, I'm just curious because that's a you know just the way you said that you explain this time and again to your clients uh, there is another question that comes up many times, right? So if we had to look at it from a keyword perspective, you know, essentially you're targeting a keyword or a key phrase, either through SEO or through SEM. But what's really the difference from that perspective, right? That, uh, you know, how is it different? And, and what are the differences in terms of the practice or the approach that you follow? Yeah. So if you, yeah, so if we're focusing in on a keyword or a key phrase that you're there, um, the ideal scenario in my mind is that you actually are have both running, right? You're, you're working on ranking well for SEO so that you can have that organic presence. Um, cause most people skip the ads portion of it, not everybody, which is why it's the, you know, there's still a lot of money there, but most people do. Um, but the ad side of it is also extremely important. So if you have your typical Google search, right, you have a search bar and then you have ads and then oftentimes a map, um, pack section, um, depending on the keyword and then the rest of your organic results. For me, if you can have a placement in each of those sections, the paid ad section, the map section, and then the organic listing, that's three times the visibility, right? That's, that's you giving yourself the best opportunity to, to get a conversion because people see that. A lot of times it just takes a lot of repetition for people to say, oh, this is actually somebody that I want to work with and, and do business with. The other cool parts about it, and um, we actually, I've, I've written several blogs about this. So if you go to our blog, you can check that out. And there's a lot of um, good information on there that we just hand out to, to anybody who, who wants to see it. But the, the nice part about the paid ads, the, the section of it, that first part is that's controlled messaging. It has the specials you want, it has the exact verbiage, the exact phrasing that you want. You can you can switch it up a little bit. You can use some, you know, some some jumbles of words or whatever you need there. Um, but you can have exact messaging. It takes up additional space. The two parts below, the SEO parts of it, what we consider traditional uh, SEO sections, you have less control over. Google dictates more exclusively what goes on there. You can give recommendations, but I've seen time and time again, a lot of times Google will take what they want to say and just say it and what they think that that's going to be best for their platform because they're in charge of it. As an SEO, it gets frustrating at times, but you give yourself the best chance 
by by optimizing for it um, in the in the best way possible with through a variety of techniques. Um, but realistically, you want to have as much of your message in front of the audience for the words that they're using to find your company. Got it. Got it. No, that's interesting. And you mentioned a very interesting point here, right? That if you can get uh, access to the first, uh, the, the inorganic, the organic, and the map listing. Uh, just curious to learn, have you been able to get any of your clients to get all access to all three and show up at all three places? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, and again, it's not, it's, you know, the most controllable one is the one that you're paying for. You know, Google, when you pay Google money, if magically things happen better, you know, imagine that, right? Um, but, the, you know, that, so that's the most controlled function of it. But yes, I have seen success stories with, with our clients that where we're able to get that three full, three layers of depth um, to, to rank for certain keywords. It's not every keyword. And it's not necessarily always the keyword that you want it to be every single time. Right. But we have seen success with that. And not every single um, keyword phrase out there populates a, a map pack, right? Um, not every single one populates um, a, a, a ads, right? The, you know, some people may not be bidding on that. You might have a small competitive advantage if you do bid on it. Um, uh, but that, you know, there have, I have seen it. It is, can be successful. Um, you just have to work at it. You have to be consistent, and you have to um, really find a partner that you trust right. and can that has a proven track record of being able to do that. Got it. Got it. And and just curious to learn um, within your clients, um, have uh, what have you seen? Uh, are these the other ads that are a major driver of new patients, or is it SEO, or is it a mix of both? It really is a mix of both. Um, if you're doing both, then you're better off. Is what we usually say. So, but like, what happens is, is most people end up converting on an organic channel. They convert through your Google My Business profile um, on that map listing, or through your website, or whatever else. But they may not find out about you except for by a paid effort, right? Search engine optimization and Google Ads, both of them are heavily reliant on somebody conducting a search right there are, it's a reactive um uh, pr practice there are proactive ways of making sure that your name is known through facebook through instagram through tiktok through um through billboards through uh, postcards uh through mailers etc those are proactive methods you're actively saying to somebody come find me and then you need to have the the done work for that when somebody goes searching for the service that you are offering to then be able to show up there. Um, and so I would say, again, to kind of re-answer your question, most new patients do come through an organic channel um, through Google, you know, just the, your Google My Business profile. But where you see an increase in success across the board is where you're doing multiple marketing touches for, uh, across multiple channels you then tend to see an overall float of all channels if you're running on all the things. Right. So it's almost like saying that, I, I, I like where you mentioned that it's reactive and proactive, but if you're proactively talking about yourself on other channels, the moment somebody searches for you, then they will react and essentially might click on your ad or on your organic listing because they've seen your ad. They've seen or heard about you somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, they already... They already you know, some of the things that we often state, and, you know, I don't have the exact statistic, but the majority of somebody's mind is made up by the time they click on your Google listing a lot of times because they have seen 
you know, they see your reviews, they've seen your ads that has the special that was like, oh, that's what I wanted. Or they've got a recommendation from a current patient or a previous patient. That's also a huge place for, for new um, for new patients, I would say, is another, is another place to work on. Um, so just getting those touches out there, getting multiple touches. And this is, this is an old marketing theory. Like this is, this is decades old um, in, in marketing theory is, is seven touches or more before somebody converts. The nice part about the digital age, also the scary part and also the hard part sometimes, is that you can get those multiple touches really quickly with a lot of different, uh, in a lot of different spaces. Absolutely. Great. So now that we've spoken about, you know, how, how practices should think about SEO, SEM, and, you know, how it can potentially contribute to new patient acquisition. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, new patient acquisition itself. Uh, mm -hmm. Your experience, what have you seen as the most important thing for a practice? Should they continuously focus on acquiring new patients or should they focus on retention or is it a mix of both? It is a mix of both. And, you know, that's, that, that feels like a cop-out answer, but I'll tell you why it's important. Right. Retention allows your business, your, your practice to grow. Right. It allows you to have a base. It allows you to be solid. And a lot of times those retained clients, they're the ones that are coming back in for regular check-ins. It's dependable, steady income that can come in. Plus, your best people are the ones who are most likely to give you a referral, right? Therefore, bringing in new patients. The, the new patients side of things is focusing on that. If you solely exclusively focus on new patients and let your other ones go to dry, you're constantly having to spend, 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 spend. Right. So, and so it's really important that you, that you do the retention. I would say if you're going to focus on one thing, it's retention. Ideally, you're able to focus on both. Um, new patients, it's a game. It's, it, and it's not an easy game necessarily to, to, to get into that all the time. There's a lot of effort. It, you know, if you know what your patient acquisition costs are, they're usually a lot more than what their first appointment is. Absolutely. Right? And so you have to be able to retain that client in order to make up for the amount that you spent in acquiring said client most of the time. Not every time, but a lot of the times that is the case. So essentially, retention does become important whether you continuously keep acquiring new patients or you, know, you already have some patients through organic channels because... Either you essentially want to retain them so that you keep your business going. At the same time, if you acquire them from a paid media, then it becomes even more important so that you know you, you at least have a payback period. You, you don't say exactly, that. yeah. Your your lifetime return on advertising spend, your lifetime ROAS actually becomes very important that way if you if you want to put it in those terms. It, you know, something that we believe strongly at Uzo Media and something we we say is is client retention is what has kept us in the, in the game, right? And we're a B2B play. It's not quite the same. It's a little bit different. But with our retention rate, we've been able to A, stay steady, and B, grow. Because when we add on a new client, we're not having to recoup costs from that advertisement. And it's very similar on the B2C side of things as well, where you have to, as you acquire new patients, you're, like I said, your first appointment, very rarely, especially if you're doing a special or a deal just to get them in, very rarely are you going to make money on them. Right. Absolutely. I think that's a great way of looking at it and, and a great way of thinking probably. Now, a lot of people are thinking about retention, but are focusing a lot on acquisition. But uh, I think when you think about the cost of acquisition, the payback period, retention becomes more and more important. And yep. since we're speaking about retention and its importance, 
uh, are there any things that Uzum Media helps with or any you know, ideas that you have or you work with Dell practices to help them retain their clients? Yeah, I mean, there's only so much I can do as a digital agency, to be honest, because, you know, we're our, our primary goals and primary metrics that we're held to is acquisition, right? And that's, that's the thing that we're, that we're doing. Having been in the industry, there are a lot of things that I've seen that can work better. Right. Staff training, essential. Having longevity in your staff, really, really important because then people know who they're, people, people don't like change. They don't, <laughs> which is why client acquisition is hard to get as well. But people like to see the same smiling faces, right? Your front staff have to be on their game, right? And you need to take care of them first. Right. If you have, if you have happy employees, you're more likely to have happy clients. Right. So staff retention, I think is really important. It's not the be all end all, but if you can do it well and you can keep people around for a long time, it helps, right? I know there's a lot of dental hygienists and dental assistants. They do a lot of moving around. <laughs> they just do. But, um, the, the more you can retain your staff members, I think that helps out a lot. Um, other things like most dental most dental softwares have some sort of you know reminder system, appointment system to kind of take out the, the manual labor of making sure that so and so comes in for their um, you know their checkups. Definitely have that going. If you don't, just just stop what you're doing. Stop the podcast now and go get that set up first because that will help you out immensely. Um, but you know having those appointment reminders doing things that are uh, patient appreciation focused. One of my clients, uh, one of our, our best clients, um, they give back to the community a lot. Um, they, they help with, um, they help with kids during Christmas. They're a pediatric dentist and they do a, a ton to give back to the community in helping with uh, kids during Christmas and doing drives and things like that. Um, gets the patients involved. Uh, another client of mine, they had to do a fall festival, which is actually happening sometime this, this month. Um, where they just sit, buy out the location, you know, and say everybody who's our patient or, you know, families or can have a referral, even better, right? It's a good time to get referrals, come to the fall festival that we're holding to, to do that. That helps you with your, your patient retention. It can help with referrals. I've seen it work really effectively. Um, and then the last thing I would say just on the digital side, the place that we can help a lot more is uh, getting reviews on your Google My Business platform and other platforms. Absolutely. That I think is a key element to help not only keep patients, but get new ones. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, uh, uh, you highlighted, Patrick, a very important point where you said that if, if you don't have the system, stop the podcast, get that system, uh, which is around reminders and, and engagement and interaction, right? Automation. Uh, so essentially, if I look at it, essentially automation is becoming key uh, for automating repetitive tasks. Uh, from your experience working with so many dental practices or healthcare practices at large, what percentage of healthcare practices that you work with uh, essentially employ some sort of automation and, and what percentage you would say uh, we are still have, have a long way to go? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... We have tended to work with some bigger, more established practices, and so those are almost all of them. Uh, I can't think of a single one that didn't have it um, with some of, with these more established practices. Um, if you're new, right? I've worked with a couple new ones, and they don't have those quite figured out, or like they're not sure what to do with it. That's where I say that you know you'll see you know a, a more you know more or less some of them do have it, some of them don't have it. You know, only 50-50 shot on some of it. But if you're new, I'm telling you though, the best thing you can do to set yourself up for success is have that have that in place, right? Get it, make it a priority because it will help 
you retain staff, retain patients, and have peace of mind that things are running. Absolutely. And, you know, a, a follow-up question just around that. We're hearing, you know, I, I think everybody's talking about it, uh, but some stats say that only 25% of healthcare businesses in the United States uh, use text messaging to engage with patients. Uh, yep. That's true, or, you know, you think that, you know, a lot of healthcare businesses are using text messaging today. Yeah, I would, again, I would also say it depends on the size of the business, right? If the bigger ones can usually afford and know that it's important or have grown into it, right? right. And it's something that, that they use as a value and they, they continue to do that. And so I think the bigger ones do it and the smaller ones either A, can't afford it or B, haven't realized the power of it and how it actually does can make you money by, by retaining that way. Um, and so I would say, you know, that that, that sounds pretty close to me as, as far as accuracy goes, given the number of smaller, you know, smaller mom, mom, pop, for lack of a better term, uh, type of shops that do that. And I do think it's a powerful initiative. And I do think it's something because, it, you know, the stats out there actually for techs are pretty unbelievable, just in general across all small businesses, not let alone healthcare, you know, how many of you don't get a text and not read that, right? Like the open rates are insane on text rates, 90, 90 plus percent. Um, on, on a text message, all you got to do is have an option to do it. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. And, and hopefully the audience that's listening will understand the importance of text messaging. All right, great. Uh, so now we've spoken about retention. We've spoken about how do you acquire customers, uh, how do you get their attention, uh, et cetera. But there is one very important point that we've looked at, and, and I know we spoke about it in our first conversation as well. Uh, you take care of the part which is pre-click. Right, you try to generate clicks uh, for for patients who are interested in a healthcare practice. But what we've seen is a lot of times, you know, practices probably don't do a great job of converting this patient. Uh, they may show interest, click on an ad, uh, but 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 may still not become paying patient. Right? Uh, what are the kind of things that you think practices can do to better educate and convert patients? Um, number one thing is speed. Um, a lot of times when somebody is shopping for a new, for a new dentist, first person that gets back to them, a lot of times is the person that's going to win. Um, you know, and that, that's applicable for a lot of that different types of businesses. My wife just kind of did the same thing. Our dishwasher broke and <laughs> the first person to actually call us back was the one that got the, you know, got the business. And that's, that's very true. So if somebody is shopping, that has to be, top of mind for whoever you know, you need to have a designated person in charge of making sure that new patients are being called um, as those leads come in. Um, and I would say call, right? Text, call, get a hold of them right away. Um, that would be the number one thing is speed. Uh, the number two thing is um, it, aside from getting, you know, getting them on the phone, actually talking to them, being, being personable and doing that, the, the best thing I can do is, is say, try to get them converted before they call, uh, before they, they reach out to you. Because, um, like, I, like I mentioned, a lot of times their mind is already made up that they want to use this dentist um, if they're not in that, like, hey, I'm just shopping to inquire type of mode. And so um, some of the tactics that we've used is um, a lot of social media, to be honest, a lot of Facebook um, groups and being helpful um, with that, that, that tends to help, especially for um, pediatric dentists is one of our biggest clients that um, we've worked through on that is just being helpful for, for 
you know, mommy tips, you know, just, just, just being that helpful parental advice and just being involved with them uh, on, on that. And then they, the referrals come naturally and the, the people come naturally. Like you were so helpful with X, Y, Z thing. It's like the, the, what to do with your, you know, how to help your, your toddler learn how to brush his teeth. And then they have, you know, a, a series on that. Um, for adults, it's a little bit different. Obviously, I'm not going to pay attention to, to Elmo singing the, the toothbrush song. But the, the, the primary point is that if you can educate them before they call, which is usually done through a proactive effort, right? Social media, typically, um, you, can say, you can start answering their questions before they even have them or as they have them. A blog, critical juncture for that. You know, like every single dentist, there's foundational topics is what we call them. Every single dentist should be talking about why does my tooth hurt? If you can get that up and you can say your tooth may be hurting because of X, Y, Z options, here's how I, as a dentist, would approach this and help solve this for you, then that builds that trust ahead of time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's almost like, uh, uh, I don't know if I have to get a little philosophical it's almost like a confirmation or a recency bias playing on people's head in, in people's mind that, yeah, all right, I have already made up my mind that this is the dental practice I want to go to because I've looked up Facebook, I have read this blog, uh, I looked up their reviews, I've looked up everything that I should, but let me just call them to confirm that my bias is in the right direction. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's the trust. People do business with, do business with businesses they trust. Right. right. And that's why big brands are so willing to spend on just random, seemingly random uh, sponsorships and things like that. Right. Because it builds a, an inherent trust with that brand. Just seeing that brand makes you feel like they're established. I, worked, I was working with a startup recently and we were spending gobs of money, you know, not, not tons and tons, but, you know, a good amount of money for a startup in a highly concentrated area, like a five mile radius, we're spending $5,000 plus a month on social ads. And people were coming to them and said, you guys, I went to you because you're, or you're a well-established business. And he's like, I've been in business for three months. Like, <laughs> but it's because they have that, you know, that, that, that overwhelm factor a little bit, but it's something that's like, it's inherent with them. It's like saying, oh, this is somebody that I've seen frequently and they can be trusted and they have good information, right? It's not like we're just blowing smoke. Like we're not, we're not, you know, you can't be a snake oil salesman. Absolutely. You know, we're, you have legitimate information. It helps build that trust ahead of time. Got it. No, that's a very, very important point that you highlight. And, uh, you know, I think the world that we live in today, where we shop on Amazon, we order, you know, grocery on Instacart, everything is based on trust, the brand and the experience that we get. I think, dental practices uh, cannot be left behind or healthcare practices cannot be left behind because ultimately it's the same customer who's coming to you as a patient and they expect the same kind of yep. experience. Yep. The same person who's, who's buying stuff on Amazon is the same person who needs their teeth fixed. And that's the nice part about dentistry and healthcare is literally everybody can be in your general audience of somebody who needs needs help. And so it's very applicable across across the accounts. And I would say, you know, the, the things that we've, some of the stats that have come out, like 85% of people trust uh, a, a, a somebody that has a four-star rating with over 100 reviews as much as they would a personal recommendation. That, that's powerful, you know? Absolutely. Got it. Got it. Great. And, you know, now we've spoken about almost everything to acquire a customer, to acquire a patient, convert a patient, retain a patient. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if we had to talk about sort of uh, you know, healthcare is a very competitive space given that these are local businesses. 
Uh, yeah. If I look at, you know, probably my own neighborhood, I might find probably 10 dentists just yeah. <laughs> and this is just dental. I, if, if I look up, you know, let's say primary care, if I look up other types of healthcare businesses, I'm, I'm very confident that there's so much traffic, right? I'm oh, sorry, so much competition. Um, what do you think practices and, and these businesses can do to really stand out on channels like SEO and SEM and have an unfair advantage to win over others? Yeah, a unique specialization, be known for something. If you're known for nothing, you're, you're you know, you're not known for anything. Right. Um, is kind of the that. So you need to have a a we are the best at insert your whatever you want here. Right. Having that unique specialization allows you to really hit on that and somebody's like, oh, they're the whatever guys. Oh, he's the wisdom tooth guy. Right. I'm right. um, like, that's one thing that we have here locally is there's this guy has buses he's on the movie theater he's doing uh he's got the social ads he's got paid ads every single time wisdom teeth specialist right. every time right and so that helps you can offer all the other things too right and but having a specialization really helps somebody connect their mind this guy is the best at or this this gal is the best at this thing so I would say that's one of the best things that you can do is to special, have a specialization that you want to focus on. Right. Essentially, be good. Be, sort of drive a point that I'm the best at this. You can offer everything else. So when people come to you for a particular thing, you can sort of upsell, but, but sort of drive that brand recall that if, if you need yep. this, then I'm the best person to come to. Yep, exactly. Got it. Got it. Great. Now, those are some great pointers, I think, from a complete conversion funnel perspective, how do you acquire patients? How do you retain them? How do you convert them? Uh, how do you stand out in a crowded space? I, I think I've personally learned so many things and uh, you know, I've, I've started thinking during the past podcast itself very differently about our own marketing efforts. Thanks uh, <laughs> the way you've described things. Um, great, is, is there anything else that you would like to share with the audience and, and you know, what's the best way if somebody wants to get in touch with you? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like, I mean, if I have one thought for dentists and that the one thing that I know that you should be doing that you're not doing as much of most likely is Google reviews, um, getting them, responding to them. That's one of the biggest drivers for local SEO. It's a huge driver for conversions. Um, and it's easy to do, right? Just, just ask, have your people ask if you want a, a training, uh, we do a full-on training for that um, here at Oozle Media that has been really successful and something really, really helpful um, to our clients. And so I would say that that's the one thing. If you're going to do one thing, pick one thing away from my from what I, all the things that we've talked about today, Google reviews. I would say that that's the biggest thing um, to do. Um, if you want to get a hold of us, um, you can uh, go to our website. There's a contact us form right up top and big um, because conversion rate optimization, right? Um, so go fill out the form and say, hey, I listened to you on that. Put that in the notes and say, I'd, I'd like a free consultation. And then I will get with you to talk with you on that. You can also shoot me an email, um, uh, pcanole at oozlemedia.com. Um, so that will be on there as well. And I will, and I will reach out to you with the with that free consultation as well. Perfect, great. Uh, thanks a lot again, Patrick, for being part of the podcast. Uh, like I said, I really enjoyed my conversation, and, and I'm very, very sure that the audience is going to learn and sort of rethink about their marketing after listening to your thoughts. I hope so, and just 
again, I, I love this space. I think it's really, really important, good space. My father-in-law is a dentist and I'm, <laughs> I'm out there helping him with this sort of thing. And so it's, uh, it's definitely a passion place for me. And, and I hope that if you, anybody has questions, that they'll reach out. Absolutely. Great. Thanks a lot again, Patrick. Thanks for listening to another episode of Emitter's Podcast. Want to learn how you can reduce your new patient missed calls and grow your practice by 40% today? Take a look at emitrr.com.